0: A grown man who was a disciple of Jesus asked the Lord to teach not just him, but all of the disciples how to pray. This is a grown man. A grown man asked this. A grown man asks another man, teach me how to pray. Prayer is something that you have to be you have to be taught to do. And if you're taught to do it properly or correctly is very powerful. Very powerful. And understand, when, when you're, you're taught from a biblical standpoint, it, may, it basically means that you're given knowledge and understanding about something or somebody. And of course, knowledge and understanding, biblically speaking, equates wisdom. You'll be wise about a particular thing if you receive teaching, especially from the scripture. You agree? And so, he wanted to be taught. He wanted to be wise about prayer. Because most of us know what it is to, to pray and then wonder if God heard us. Moreover, we know what it is to pray and then question whether or not we did it the way we we should. And some of us can pray according to the word. But, but then after a few days we, we start wondering if it's going to happen or not. And when you start doing all the things that I just mentioned. It says about you that you're not wise in reference to, to prayer, and especially how prayer how prayer works. Because prayer, biblically speaking, when, when you really understand it, it's something that you can ask for and it'll happen immediately. Something you, you can ask for, it, it may happen uh, 12 days from when you ask, or it may happen Three months from when you ask. That's just the way prayer, prayer works. But, but the bottom line is, when you really understand prayer and you do it God's way, it's going to be very effective. You're going to get some results. I want to show you two scriptures to back up what I just said. Let's go, first of all, to the book of James, chapter 5. James, chapter 5. I want to read the last sentence in uh, verse 16. James 5, and the last sentence in uh, verse 16. Ready? Ready? James 5 and 16. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails or produces much if you're praying in an effective way you're praying with authority you're not just praying just to be praying or you're not praying in doubt you're praying with authority When you pray with authority, you're doing such because as a child of God, you know that's one thing Jesus told you to do, to pray. And so if he told you to pray, you're going to pray with authority. You're going to pray because that's what your Lord told you to do. Luke 18 and 1, uh, Jesus said in part that we ought to always pray. Bottom line, he said, pray. Then in Matthew 7 and 7, he said, in part, ask, which is synonymous with prayer, and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find. Not, it'll be open. So, we are primarily going to pray in authority because that's what our God, told us to do that's what he told us to do and and that's how you pray effectively you pray based upon what he told you to do but notice it also says here in James 5 and 16b that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails or produces much. Fervent has to do with your firm belief, conviction, of faith. You have to be fervent. It's more than just being passionate because most folks, when they think about fervent, they think about being passionate. No, biblically speaking, you have to pray In faith, with conviction, a firm belief. Jesus said, when we ask, don't ask, doubt. I said, he said, when we ask, don't ask, doubt. And then James backed it up saying, if if you doubt or if you waver, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord. So we we have to ask in a fervent manner. We have to believe that God going to do what we're asking him to do. Heal sister so and so. We have to believe that. Touch brother so and so from his crown sole of his feet in the name of Jesus. And we have to, to believe that. And notice what the text says. If, if we are effective and fervent our prayer is going to avail or produce a whole lot stuff comes from prayer but again if you're ignorant you don't know how to pray you don't know what you need to know about prayer it's not gonna happen that's the reason it's good that even though he was a grown man he asked Jesus to teach him how to pray just because you're grown don't mean you know everything No matter how old you are, because you're not God or omniscient, you can learn something. You agree? Let's go further. Let's go to the book of 1 John 5. We're dealing with prayer. You have to be taught how to pray. You have to know that prayer will work. It changes things for the better. Don't just change things, it changes things for the better. 1 John 5, we're going to read verses 14 and 15. Ready? 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him or the father. That if we ask anything according to his will. He heals us. So I know how to get him to hear me. I just need to make sure what I'm asking him is according to his word. Written and. If we ask anything. According to his will he what? And if we know that he hears us. Well how you going to know it? It's easy. I'm praying according to his will so I know he hear hear me. That is just so plain right there. Is that plain to you? Again, verse 15. And, it, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Why do we know we have it? Because he's going to do his will. God's going to do his will. He's going to do what his word says. Matthew 24 and 35 says, heaven and earth shall pass, but not his word. Not what he said. He's going to do what he what he said, I love Second, second Corinthians 1 and 20. Y'all, y'all know it. All of the promises of God are yes, yes amen. and amen. He going to do his will. He going to do his, his word. But you have to remember this. It's not always going to be on your timetable. But he going to do his will. A whole lot of things may frustrate you while you're waiting on the manifestation, but He's gonna do His will. Now, because you don't been taught the significance of prayer and the process of prayer, again, because prayer you can ask, to happen immediately, or it may be later on. But God going to do what he said. You cannot lose your confidence. While you're waiting on the manifestation. And let me tell you something. Which you already know. If you, you ever prayed. Your confidence going to be tested. Your expectation going to be tested. While you're waiting, there are going to be things that are, going to, that are going to come and stare you in the face. Mess with your mind. And try to convince you that God is not going to do what he said. God going to do what he said. And never think because it seems like it's over, it's over. Nothing is over until God says it's over. Have you ever went through something and you felt like, well, I guess uh, it just didn't work. The prayer didn't work. It, It worked. You just don't give up. Don't ever get to the point to where you think that something is over, that means it's over. That's just you getting in your flesh. That's just you being human. Understand, God has the last or final say. Why is that? He's alpha. He's omega. But get this, when it comes to your belief, he's the author and the finisher. What does that mean? He got the last say. You never give up just because of what you see, what you feel. God has the final say. Good God, that's good teaching. Say to somebody, Your God has the final say. I may believe that by a show of hands. You're gonna be tried. You're gonna be tried. I've been to the point to where I, I said, "Well," and shouldn't have said it out of my mouth, but I did, and killed some stuff. Well, I guess God don't want me to have. It. I have prayed and actually said, "I guess God don't want me to have." It. Man, I had to learn from that. I, I had to fight things that were coming to my mind trying to make me say it. See death and life are in the power of the don't you ever say God don't want you to have it because when you say stuff like that that means you're ignorant of prayer. You're ignorant of his, his will. Jesus himself said it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you what he promised. What did he promise and what did, what did Jesus come to give you? Life. John 10.10, 10, I have come that you may have life and that you may have that more abundant. You have to always know his will in reference to prayer and not base your conclusion on what you feel of what you see. Feelings will lie to you. You ever felt something. You felt it, felt it strong. But it still was a lie. I just know it's going to happen. But it didn't. You knew it because of your feeling. And, and, and it was just a lie. Then sometimes you felt something. And it happened. Feelings are hit and miss. When it come to God's promises you don't need to be dealing with something that's going to hit one day and miss the next. That's like playing lotto. Don't act like you ain't never played some kind of game of chance. Game of chance. They, They just, they hit and miss, huh? You win one day, the next day you lose. But not with God. Not with God. And God gets upset when, when, when you, you're to the point you don't believe he's going to do something that seems impossible. Remember he kept telling Martha he was going to do it and Martha just kept running her mouth. And where Jesus just, his, the man Jesus just got upset with. Did not I tell you. When Jesus tells you something, He gonna do it. You just got to wait. You just got to wait on Him to do it in His time. And and believe it or not, the right time is God's time. I said the right time is God's time. Because I'm gonna tell you something about us. We'll want something and then when we get it, we'll wish we You wanted it, and then you go, oh, God, I shouldn't have got it. Now what you should have did is waited for God to direct your path. The right time is God's time. And so you you, you have to understand, if we ask anything according to his will, he, he hears us, and if he hears us, we're going to receive the petition are the things that we ask him to do simply because we know we ask it according to his written and revealed will. Right? Right. Now back in Luke 11, he goes into detail in reference to how they need to pray and you'll notice in in verse 2 he wants them to always look at the father as our father don't talk to him like you don't have a connection with him when you talk to the father it needs to be personal notice our father our needs to be personal. Don't don't go to him like you see on the movies. Well, God, if you real, not, not that no, you, you don't need to do that. It needs to be personal. Remember, he wanted to be taught. So here Jesus said, look, it needs to be personal. You go to him, our father. He my father. Is he your father? Yes. That's how you talk to him. My God. My sovereign. My creator. My redeemer. My savior. My healer. Because all those words are synonymous with father when it comes to God. And that's how I go to him sometimes. If I, if I need a healer, I go, my healer. He's my heel, my personal heel. Lord, uh, if you still heal, you ain't praying right. You ain't got no connection with him. You got to understand, when when you have a personal relationship, um, it makes sense to you what Jesus said on one occasion to his disciples he said look if you being men know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father give you good gifts you, you got to understand when, when it's personal and and you know you are dependent on god You know he's going to move on your behalf. But you can't go to him as if you don't have no personal relationship with him. And if you don't, you need to get saved. So you can claim your relationship with him. So it can be personal. If you've been saved uh, for a few months, you have a personal relationship with him. If you've been saved for years, you got to show enough solid and personal relationship with him. He said, you pray our father in heaven. Recognize that he is in heaven And then he goes on to say, how low it, how holy, how righteous is your name. Name represents two things in particular. It represents God's authority. How low it be thy thy name, your authority. Your authority is right. Your authority is that which should be respected. Should be reverence. See, you don't, you don't wonder about God's. Authority. You praise him for his authority. Lord they done gave up. But I thank you. Because you got the final sight. Lord they say nothing can be done. But I thank you. Because there is nothing too hard. For you. What am I doing? I'm, ha- I'm hallowing. His name. I'm letting him know despite what has been said, despite what I see, his authority is above everything and everybody. How low it be thy name, your authority. But it also represents his his character or his quality. And I can say that from a plural standpoint, too, because God has many traits. Yeah. He has traits that we have. The only distinction is that uh, God becomes that which we define as one of his traits. You hear me? See, see we can say God has knowledge. Knowledge. But if the truth be told, he is knowledge. Now we have a trait of knowledge. We have a trait of this, that, and the other. And we, we can assign such to God. But if the truth be told, he embodies that to the point to where he becomes it. Where does all knowledge come from? Him. The knowledge you have about good and evil, what does it come from? Him. The knowledge about life and death, where does it come from? Him. How low it be thy name. Your authority and your character are to be respected. You are to be honored because of who you are and what you do. And what you cause to be manifested in our life. Hallowed be thy name. And we hallow God's name for everything. Because as Christians we understand where our blessings come from. Thank you for this house Lord. What are you doing? You're hallowing his name. You're giving him the honor for blessing you with this, that and the other. Well is that really Bible? Yeah. David said in Psalm 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's, get this, and hill's fullness. His son took it a little further. He said, even the cattle that sits upon a thousand hills belongs to him. Every soul is his. And the soul that sins shall, shall die. Everything. He, he, he is the sovereign. That's the reason we hallow him for, for everything. Because we know he in, he in charge. You know, even though the devil is named in scripture the prince of this world. And he is. Because most folks in this world, they submit to to the devil. So the devil is the God of the prince of this world. But guess who he has to submit to before he does anything? God. God. He has to actually go to God and, say, and, and God has to give him permission to do this, that, and the other. But yet he's in charge of this this earth, the devil, the devil. Now, when I say that, you understand what I'm saying now? People, people, this age that we're living in, the enemy controls it. He controls this. The God of this age, a world, is what Jesus himself called him. Because people readily submit to his rule. More so than the rule of God. But the sovereign of all is our God. Even the ruler of this age has to submit to our God. But see, the ruler of this age understands that that he can so rule people because the sovereign gave mankind Choice. Choice. They can choose to submit to Him or to God. And you see that playing in Job because because Satan just knew he could get Job to submit to Him. But Job was so connected to God to where no matter what he went through, he still didn't sever. His relationship with the Lord. That some of us, even though you done messed up more time than you have fingers and toes to count, you ain't going to leave your God. Woo! You like Peter. You remember what Peter said in John 6? When Jesus asked, is y'all going to go too? Peter said, "Where well, we going to go. <laughs> you got the words of eternal that right. ain't nowhere else to go you got what it takes for us to make it here and to have a permanent dwelling place when we leave here where are we gonna go but the enemy the enemy as the ruler of this age has people submit to him more so than to god you gotta understand that And that's Bible. But we have to be to the point to where we continue to hallow his name. And then he goes on to tell them, you need to say, thy kingdom come. His kingdom represents his supreme rule. His kingdom represents his supreme rule or dominion on earth and in heaven. He's in in complete control. Never think that that somebody else, even, even though God allows them to do certain things, including the devil, Has complete control. No. God's kingdom is still operating despite people submitting to the rule of Satan. His kingdom is still supreme. Thy kingdom come. That's what we want. We want his rule to manifest. We want things to take place according to his written and revealed will. Your kingdom come. Lord, I want your rule. I want what you have ordained to happen for me to take place. Lord, I want you to cause to happen at the church. What you have ordained to take place. Your kingdom come. Your supreme rule come. And then finally, what I really want to talk about a few minutes. And then I'm going to be done. Thy will be done. On earth. As in heaven. Your will. Your will be, be done. And of course, most of us, when we think about God's will, is His desire, His wish. That's the first thing that probably comes to mind His wish, His will. But biblically speaking, this is what I want you to get in your spirit. And I'm going to give you a scripture to back it up. His will has to do with what he requires. What he requires. There are certain things that we have to do for a particular purpose of reason specifically there are certain things we have to do because of what god has purpose in reference to our life you're holding on and some requirements A challenge. Now we want His supreme rule to come. We want His will to be done. But, but some aspects of His will are very challenging. Oh Lord, has it has it sunk in? All right, let's go to Matthew 26. And I'm sunk in. That's what I wanted. I wanted to just sink in and give you the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Matthew 26, we'll start at verse 38. Jesus is on assignment, walking in his purpose. And part of his purpose was very challenging. And as we look at at, uh, Matthew 26, 38, starting at verse 38, you have to keep in mind that this is Jesus, the man. Jesus was 100% man and 100% who? He was the God man. That's the reason he was also deemed Emmanuel, God with us. God what? With us. But again he was, all, he was 100% and 100% therefore in Jesus you, 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 you see a human side and you see a God side. 100% man he bled. When they hit him, it hurt. He was 100% man. When he was carrying that cross, going up the gale off the hill, he got tired. To the point to where he slowed down and they felt he was going too slow. And got Simeon to help him. What was going on? That was Jesus the man. Jesus God. Would tell folk. Like he did Lazarus. Who was dead. Get up. But you have to understand. He was 100% Man. And a hundred percent God. Contextually, this is Jesus the man. You're gonna see his humanity in the text. And I know y'all and I already read it while I was talking. But act as if you hadn't read it as we deal with it. Okay. Matthew twenty six, thirty. Then he said to them, My soul. Is exceedingly sorrowful. Can you identify with that? You know you get ready to be humiliated, beaten, betrayed, and so forth. Wouldn't you be feeling a certain way? And so he saves it to his disciples. He letting them know what's going on with him as a human. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Even to death. And, and notice, notice this. Stay here. And watch with me. I want you all to stay with me. Lord have mercy. He went a little further and fell on his face. And prayed saying. Oh my father. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He was sorrowful, wasn't he? Going through it to the point to where he was feeling death. Note his—he was exceedingly sorrowful, even to what death. Sometimes you you can start to feel something before it even manifests. And look at this man, look at this man, asking the father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible. If it's possible. He want to know if if the Lord can do it. Some things that God requires of you that you don't want to have to deal with, he can't take away. Oh God, move these trials now. That that's he ain't gonna move that trial. Oh Lord, take away the pain. No, he gonna leave that pain right there. Say, you know, there are certain things you go through that are very challenging. That that you you want the Lord to just move it away. Now we won't be like Jesus. Jesus said if it's possible. We won't be like if, if it's possible. Oh God take it away. <laughs> as much as God has told us that, that death going to happen with everybody. We still don't want it to happen. As much as we know that, that a, as we age, certain things are going to start to take place. We just don't want it to. Get this. We want it to, to pass. It's everybody in here. It, it's something you done went through that, that. One of your prayers, Lord, I don't never want to go through that no more. But it might be required. It might be required. And and, and this is a thing, some some things that are very painful. God requires us to go through. Before I, I before I experienced uh back God taking uh, Ricky, others in the church, and then Mama, and then Miss Mark, just one, two, three. Before I experienced that, I had to talk to Brother Joey about going through back-to-back-to-back things. His aunt... (laughs) His sister, then his daddy. I mean, just back within three weeks. Back to back to back. And and see, from from a human standpoint, you don't always have have the answers. But see, this, this passage Right here lets us know that there are just certain things that, that God, God may require as part of his, of his will. And, and see, when, when you don't understand God's will, then you'll start blaming God. But when you understand his will... You, you know that even though you go through that painful moment, if you can just look at the conclusion of his will, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Back to back to back. Boom, gone from earth. But look at the conclusion. I see him again Forever with God, reuniting with folks that have gone on before. You always have to look beyond the temporary. Reason Paul said the things that we see or experience, they only last for a moment, and we shouldn't walk by. We walk not by the things that we see. Why? They're temporary. They're not going to last. But it'd be so painful. And here we and here we see the God Man. He wasn't just sorrowful, he was exceedingly sorrowful. To the point where he was experiencing something that could have took him out. To the point of what? Death. You know, you, you can get the feeling a certain way and it can kill you. It may start with a stroke, with a heart attack, or with something else, but it can take you out. But see, Jesus, something, one thing you got to see in the text and you got to apply to your situation. Jesus knew that the father, that the father had sovereignty over his situation. He knew. He he knew that the father was was in complete control of his situation. Even though the Romans and others would carry out the sentence. He knew that the father had complete control of the situation. You got to know who's in charge when you go through things. Jesus even told him, he, he said, look. He said, you couldn't do nothing if the Father didn't allow you. The only, way the only reason you're able to do what you're doing is because he's allowing you to do it. But, but you couldn't do anything if, if the Father didn't allow you. Then he talked about his power as God. He said, look, do you know I could call legions right now? I could just disrupt all this right now. But his main thing was making sure he stayed in the Father's will. Say to your neighbor, you got to stay in your Father's will. will. Even even when things are trying to pull you out of character. Even when things are trying to make you be who you're not. You got to stay in His will. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. Don't let nothing nor nobody take you out of God's will. Especially you holding on yourself. Don't you let yourself take you out of God's will. You stay there. yeah. And don't you question God's sovereignty. Let God do what he do. And don't just look at what's happening... Look at the conclusion based upon his his will. I'm getting too deep on y'all. Y'all look at me like I'm in deep city. I'm just, I'm breaking this down. I don't want you, I want you to get this. I don't want you to be like, it's over my head. No, this shouldn't be over your head. I'm talking plain. Okay, notice. Then he said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death, stay here and watch with me. And and this is a sad thing, and it is not part of this. I'm not even going to read it. They didn't do what Jesus needed them to do. He didn't do it. He told them he needed them. But, oh, they, they stayed there, but they just took a nap while they was there. He needed them to pray, but they they just they just hey we tired, G you you can to handle all this on your aunt. But notice this he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup, a moment, pass from me. But he didn't stop. Nevertheless, Not as I will, but as you will. He wanted the Father's will to happen. Not as I will, but as you will. And his will was for Jesus to die. For everybody. For everybody. That was his his will. Yeah. So dying sometimes is God's will. Dying a certain way is God's will. Dying at a certain time, dying at a certain age is God's will. David pleaded for his, his child, his son, not to die. But after pleading and fasting for days, he finally realized when the child died, it's God's will. And when he, when he realized it was God's will, he, he told his servants, he, he said, look, y'all, y'all, y'all fix me something neat. And get me some clothes. Give me some clothes. I'm going to get me a bath and I'm going to go to church. And, and, and they, they just didn't understand why he was, he was doing all he was doing. But see, David knew that though he had fasted and prayed and, and God still took the child, that was just God's will. But he had got to the point to where he wanted God's will to be, to be done. And see, I don't, I don't know if you mean it or not, but, but, but you, you have to really mean it when you say the best place to be and the safest place to be is in his will. But then you also have to understand that there, there are just certain things you ain't going to want to go through that's part of his, his will. But if you look at the big picture, you're always going to be rewarded for doing his will now here jesus is going through all this if, if it's possible take this away nevertheless your will be done and so the father's will was done but look at the conclusion i got to show you this and then i'm done y'all ought to have it by now you never look at just what you what's going on at the present. You always have to see the big picture. Always. Lord have mercy. Go to the 28th chapter of uh, Matthew. This is after Jesus he after, he after he did God's will, Benefits just start pouring in. Y'all there? Yeah. Notice I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read a couple of things. I'm gonna read verses nine and ten, then verse eighteen. Matthew twenty-eight and nine. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice he ain't sorrowful no more is he no he's talking about what rejoice be happy ain't that what rejoice me be happy y'all let y'all don't know what rejoice me <laughs> so they came and held him by the feet and what worship him then jesus said to them do not be afraid go and tell my brother to go to galilee and there they will see me Completely different Jesus, ain't it? When he went through all he was going through, he was exceedingly what? Sorrowful. But he still wanted God's will to be done. And here he is telling other folk, be happy. Rejoice. And then in verse 18, when he finally got with his disciples, look at what he said. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Whose will was that? The Father's. But in order for that elevation to come, he had to fulfill a requirement. Certain things had to happen. And because we are called Christians, that means we are Christ-like. We're going to have to go through the same things. I can't tell you how many horrendous things I, 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 have, I have been through. But it was all for a purpose. I don't have fingers and toes to tell you how many, how many times I have suffered. Mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. And I, and I, can, go, I can pull out a big list. But you get to the point to where you say, Lord, whatever your will is, you can see what I don't see. You know what I don't know. You understand what what I am incapable of understanding. Your will be be done. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Listen to me.